the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280 The Patriot. And, of course, I am joined in studio once again with my wonderful producer and co-host, Mark Durkin. Another good evening. How are we doing this week, Rebecca? We are doing well. Yes. We are doing well. We're well into the fall here. It is. It's a whirlwind. I mean, the time is just flying. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like a week ago, there were no changes to the colors of the leaves out there. Now everything's red and yellow. It's yes. Nice. It's starting mm-hmm. to finally be beautiful. It is. Right? Well, it's often been said that today's young people don't know how to think critically or write well. No Red Ink is a, web, a web-based a web platform that's designed to improve students' grammar and writing skills. And in 2017, they analyzed more than 213,000 students in 6th through 12th grade and found that half of the students had difficulty doing the following tasks. First of all, evaluating undeveloped and undefendable claims. Secondly, identifying arguments that don't progress. Thirdly, making logical deductions. And fourth, distinguishing between claims, evidence, and reasoning. Yes, and and the average person that thinks about and attempts to think critically and to write, they, they don't think along the lines of these aforementioned points. The fact is each of the above issues characterizes good writing skills and when there is a good grasp on logic. Mm-hmm. The problem today is logic is rarely taught in today's schools. Right. Which, by the way, it used to be taught. Mm-hmm. Regularly, yeah, um, but no longer. So this evening, we want to discuss some of the crucial benefits that come with having logic as a part of a school curriculum. How does one teach logic? What are the laws of thought? What are fallacies, and how do they serve as pitfalls in the art of argument? Joining us in studio to discuss logic in a classical education curriculum is Brent Fisher. Brent teaches logic to middle school students at Liberty Classical Academy, and he also teaches the Gospels to ninth graders. He also, or he's also the school's new spiritual formation coordinator and biblical counselor. Brent was a guest on the program several years ago, and he joins us again tonight. Brent, welcome back to Education Nation. Uh, great to be with you guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I might add, you also teach 10th grade uh, Pentateuch. That's correct. As yeah. well, yeah. right? So two mm-hmm. Bible classes. Yes, you're a very uh, valuable teacher at Liberty. We're thankful to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, so what is reason... Brent, and where does it come from? Yeah, well, excellent question. Um, <laughs> Just a simple question right. to yeah, start off with. We could go <laughs> very deep into that one. Um, well, simply a uh, reason that the definition I, I give the students is that it's 
being able to draw proper conclusions from other information. So let's say it's raining outside, and I say, if it's raining outside, you should probably bring an umbrella. <laughs> and then I say, and then I say, it is in fact raining outside, and therefore you would conclude what? That you need you should... to have an umbrella. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good job. See, that's yeah. because you can reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another way to talk about reason is it's your ability to uh, draw inferences. Um, so so if you you're given certain information. Like the Twins are going to play the Yankees in the playoffs, and they have historically choked yep. in mm-hmm. in that uh, event. And, uh, and and then I say, well, guess what? They're playing playing the Yankees again this year in the playoffs. You can conclude they're probably going to choke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yep. And as every uh, Minnesota Twins fan knows, don't get your hopes up because mm-hmm. no matter how good their record is. They're just going to break your heart. Their way. Yes, yep. yes. Seems to be true of most of our Minnesota yeah, sports teams. Minnesota <laughs> curse. <Yep. laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that's reasoning. It's your ability to to, to infer uh, proper conclusions from other information. Um, to answer the second part, though, of that uh, that question, where does it come from? Um, you could say it just comes from the fact that we are humans and we have this ability to reason that goes far beyond even the smartest animal. Mm-hmm. Um, we can think several steps down a logical sequence in a way that, that animals just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a fun way to, to put it is we have this sense of the sense by which we sense what we sense. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a lot of senses. But mm-hmm. uh, so we know that when we're smelling something, it's the sense of smell mm-hmm. that we're using. A dog does not know that. Mm-hmm. A dog knows it's smelling something, but it doesn't know that that sense is called smell. Mm-hmm. You know, so language is closely related to this as well. So we have this this almost fifth sense behind our or sixth sense behind our fifth senses that we can differentiate between our senses, and we can think like a, in a in a behind a higher the, level, yeah, at a higher level, mm-hmm. and behind all these things about what what we're actually sensing and, and make judgments based on them. Mm-hmm. And that and that's so the philosophers would say that's what, that's what makes us different. Than the animals, and actually, essentially, uh, one of the essential elements of what makes us us humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess in, in the, the 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 biblical uh, view, it's part of what makes us made in God's image, right. because God is a reasoning being. He he has a mind, and and therefore we have minds that can reason as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Um, well, now that you've defined reason for mm-hmm. us in actually a pretty I'm I'm pretty impressed that you're able to define reason in that short little period of time. Um, what what do you think the term logic then means? Yeah. So um, again, we could go deep into this and where logic comes from, and but logic is just connected to reason uh, in in the sense that uh, one definition the definition we use with the students is it's the science and art of reasoning mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So we all reason. The, the the issue is, are we reasoning well? Right. Um, and and logic is kind of the the science of of that of and it's the art as well. And we use that definition because uh, there's there's too many primary branches of logic. There's formal logic, which is more uh, the science part, very uh, um, precise. Um, and then there's there's informal logic, which is more of an art and everyday thinking mm-hmm. um, type of type of thing. So. Right. Good. Good. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, and God's pleading with Israel, of course, in the Old Testament. He wants us to reason well. He says, yes. come, let us reason together. Yes. You know, and I, I love that passage. Thanks for bringing that up, yeah. Mark, because then he says, though your sins be as scarlet. Yes. They shall be as white as snow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he's calling Israel there to reason about yes. his own forgiving mercy. And then it's, mm-hmm. of course, 
prophetic of the Messiah and what right. we see now. Yeah. You know, uh, we're reasoning about Jesus in the gospel. And, Absolutely. And that's just a beautiful combination of those two, those two things. So. Mm-hmm. It most definitely is. Now, you just touched a little bit on formal and informal logic. Let's maybe go a little deeper on yeah. that. You know, what is formal logic and how does it relate to reason? Sure. So, so formal logic really is, it's helpful <laughs> because it's studying the form of an argument. Sure. Really, and, and, and you can talk more about the different types of formal logic, but really what we're getting at is, is deductive uh, arguments such that um, the premises necessarily imply the conclusion. So, uh, for instance, going back to our example, if it's raining outside, you should wear or, or you should uh, have an umbrella. And then I say, it's raining outside. The, the necessary conclusion that you would draw from that and right reasoning would, would be, I should bring an umbrella. Right. And so that's a necessary conclusion given that the premise is true. And so this really gets into uh, syllogisms and, and what's called categorical logic. Classic example is all men are mortal. Socrates is a man. Therefore, Socrates is mortal. Mortal. Yeah. 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 So that's a necessary inference and conclusion given the premises. And so what we do in formal logic is we study these, these syllogisms and, and how do you write statements in a categorical way based on how kind of Aristotle started as the father of logic, these categorical statements, such that when you put them together, there are certain forms that the conclusion always necessarily follows given the premises. And the one I gave you would, would be one example, and they all have different uh, names, you can write them out. So that would be an AAA1 mm-hmm. syllogistic form. Mm-hmm. And there's 24 valid ones so that no matter what you plug in for the terms, the conclusion is always going to be what's called valid. Mm-hmm. So we could say uh, all who's-its are what's-its, and all what's-its are whatchamacallits, therefore all who's-its are whatchamacallits. And that's necessarily true if the premises are true even if we don't know what a who's it or a watch it, uh, whatchamacallit is, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so we can use then just symbols, SPM, to represent the terms. And regardless of what SPM and M stand for, if the form is correct, the conclusion is going to be uh, correct. And, and then what we do is after that, you can look, well, are the premises in fact true in reality? You know, are all who's it's in fact what's it's, you know? And, and that's, that's what you get into more with with informal logic. So maybe we, did you want to talk about that or? Yes, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) You just led right into the next question. So so formal logic is fun for those who are really black and white in their thinking and they they like things very clear. There's no gray areas, (laughs) which is very nice. Uh, You know, I like that too. Um, You know, either uh, uh, in formal logic, either an argument's valid or it's not valid. There's no middle ground. Either the form's valid or it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But when it comes to informal logic, when we're looking at um, uh, primarily not the form of the argument, but the content of the argument, then things can get a little uh, less black and white, a little more gray, because now we're looking at uh, language, we're looking at meanings behind words, and, and, and how those can get be, be very complicated. Right. So uh, um, this, is, this is the art of logic, if you will, everyday thinking, you know, uh, so... If you were to give an argument where, you know, you say all, all, all these types of people are like this, then you would you need to say pause and say, well, what do you mean right. th- that that they're like this? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't just go straight through the form of their argument. 
And the other reason is because uh, most people just don't talk in syllogisms every day. And, right. and so what we have to do is, is try to uh, uh, gauge the, 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 the strength or weakness of a person's argument, the soundness of a person's argument, um, even if we may not be able to represent it in a, in a given form. Yeah. Um, and so, as we say, in formal logic, there's valid and invalid. But in formal logic, it's, it's strength or strong or weak when it comes to arguments. So is it stereotypes and personal bias that kind of contribute to the, the gray matter? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Our own interpretations of things, sure. our own you know, personal subjective feelings, experiences, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the human element really, really comes into, into play a lot there. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm sure that the students probably like the informal logic more than the formal. Yes, you're, you're <laughs> right about that. There's certain ones that are, you know, the more mathematical types yeah, that really get say, into the, the math, yeah, the math yeah. kids who like the formal. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, informal is where things get really fun because then you start realizing that uh, everyone's using logic all the time, and most of the time they're it's not flawed. using it well. <laughs> Lots of fallacies. Yes. We're going to talk about that yes. a little bit later too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something called the laws of thought. Yes. What are the different laws of thought. Yeah, so um, laws of thought is one way to refer to kind of the, th- the three basic laws of logic uh, mm-hmm. uh, upon which everything else is built. So Aristotle would say that uh, you know all of logic really stems from a few certain principles. Mm-hmm. He would even say one, but uh, you can break them down into three and they're, they're interrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first would be the law of identity. So that's just saying that whatever something is, mm-hmm. it is. So, uh, you know, I had a philosophy, philosophy professor, and he would say, an apple is an apple is an apple is an apple, or a rose is a rose is a rose is a rose, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a rose, it cannot not be a rose, and that leads to uh, the, the second one, which is the law of non-contradiction, right? So a thing cannot be both true and not true at the same time and in the same sense. Mm-hmm. So this water bottle here cannot be both a water bottle and not a water bottle at the same time sure. in the same sense. And those two mm-hmm. qualifiers are very important. So I always say to students, you know, uh, here's Billy here. Uh, what if I said Billy is here right now, but he's also not here right now? <laughs> what do you think I mean? And, and they usually get it. Well, he's here uh, uh, physically, but he right. might not be here <laughs> mentally, you know. And, and so there's different senses of that or mm-hmm. or Billy is in logic or Billy took logic class. Uh, well, he's not taking it now. But he could have taken it at a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's also different times that, that things can both be mm-hmm. true and not true. Mm-hmm. So those two qualifiers are very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third is just the law of the excluded middle, which is basically saying either something is true or it's not true. So either this is a water bottle or it's not a water bottle. And there's no real gray areas. And, and that gets into you have to state something as a, as a statement, not as an opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either this is a, a table or this is not a table. It's either true or false. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in the Christian worldview, you'd say either Jesus is Lord or he's not Lord. Mm-hmm. When, when he makes the claim, I, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's either true right. or it's not mm-hmm. true. Yep. There's no gray area. There's no gray area yep. w- mm-hmm. when it comes to statements. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's another thing that you know, is really nice about uh, formal logic. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to see, there is truth and, mm-hmm. and, and then there is error. And, and that's one uh, of the reasons why uh, we think this is an important subject at Liberty. Mm-hmm. is not just so that they can become good thinkers, but to help them understand 
that the claims of the Bible are claims. And yes. you, you really have to either reject them or accept yeah. them as truth. And if you accept them as truth, then there's a lot of consequences that come from that. Yeah. In a great, great consequences. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, you can't, there's no gray area yeah. on yes. that. Yeah, so. to wrestle with mm-hmm. the claims of Christ on, on their own and really think through, do I believe this? Or not. Why? Mm-hmm. Or why not? Mm-hmm. And then to actually rationalize your position. I mean, that's what yeah. really matters. And, and we as Christians believe that you know, we're, we're not fideous and we don't just, it's just not blind faith. We have reasons right. Right. for believing what we believe mm-hmm. and, right. and good reasons. And, right. and it's important for us to know those. And of course, Jesus helps us in that when he says, you're either for me or against me. Again, yes. no, mm-hmm. no, yeah. no, 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 Jesus, yeah, yeah he, he's always using logic if, mm-hmm. you, if yes. you read him carefully. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, Great. given these laws of thought, Brent, truth from falsehood is equivalent to that which is black versus that which is white. Can you share with our listeners why it's always appropriate for logic to give way to mystery? Yeah, (laughs) that's a good question. In light of what we just said, uh, we can have as many reasons to believe or not to believe something as we want, but at the end of the day, we can't know everything. Mm -hmm. And so there's actually a fallacy about that, uh, that it's a fallacy of you have to know for 100% certain whether something is true, like in mathematical certain certain terms, otherwise you can't believe it. Well, that's just not life. Mm-hmm. When it comes to uh, everyday life, we, we make decisions based on trust, and those the, the, the things we trust, we have reasons for them, but they're not uh, all the time 100% certain. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because we are just fallible human beings. Yes. Our perceptions of things are not always correct. And, um, and, and we're, we're also, uh, I, I guess I could say, theologically, we're, 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 we're sinful. So there's, mm-hmm. there's, our brains just naturally have something that, that rebels against truth, mm-hmm. especially uh, spiritual truth. When, you know, as Paul said, I just read it to the students the other day from 1 Corinthians, you know, the natural person does not accept the things of God. They're folly to him. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's true things in the universe that are like the sun you know, a, a, a noonday just bright and, and shining, yet people are turning their eyes away because they don't want to believe it um, because they want to be, you know, their own their own kings of, of their own world. And, mm-hmm. and so sin affects our ability to reason in a way where we can't, uh, we don't necessarily want to believe certain truths. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's just the, the bad side of it, but even the positive side of it, we, we we have to give way to mystery. You know, Jesus, Jesus says, trust me. He doesn't say, here are uh, mathematical reasons why you should trust me that are 100% accurate. Mm-hmm, you know, it mm-hmm. just says, follow me. And, and we have enough truth to understand and know where that should help us to be able to trust the things exactly. that, that we don't yes. know. Yes, and we have sufficient, we have sufficient mm-hmm. reasons. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, since we're on this topic of fallacy, describe the three fallacy arguments and highlight maybe one popular argument from each category just to kind of give our listeners an example of yeah, each one. Yeah, um, so I wish we could have a whole... Show on this alone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> several shows, because uh, we 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 go through about seventy uh, fallacies in in informal logic, mm-hmm. and and there's uh, logicians break break them down into different you know categories and classes. We talk about four big classes. So you have or families of fallacies. We talk about fallacies of relevance, uh, fallacies of uh, presumption, and and fallacies of clarity. And the last is fallacies uh, of, of, of civility or civil fallacies. So, so maybe I can just give a couple mm-hmm. examples of each of those. Um, um, so with fallacies of relevance, there's, these are, there's a ton of these. Most fallacies, uh, in fact, are, are usually fallacies of relevance. 
the most common one that that everyone should know uh, is the ad hominem abusive fallacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I should backtrack. So fallacies of relevance are basically when someone just attacks something that's not directly relevant to the person's argument. Um, and, and the way ad hominem abusive fallacies do this, and the Latin means to the man, you know, attacking the man, um, is they attack the person's character instead of the person's mm-hmm. argument. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of going after the content of what the person's actually saying, they go after the person and who is actually saying it. This is happening all over the oh, place. Oh, all today. the time. And yeah. it's it's the playground bully fallacy. It's the name calling fallacy. There's different nicknames we give it, but it's basically. It's it's the age old tactic of I I can't deal with your argument, but I'm just going to call you a jerk, mm-hmm. and then everyone's going to hear that and think you're a jerk, mm-hmm. and that's all they're going to think. And so it's a way of you know throwing stinky stuff at someone <laughs> right. so that that everyone thinks that person stinks and they don't even think about their argument at all. Right. And so right. politicians do this all, all the, time the time because mm-hmm. they know the masses don't like to think. And mm-hmm. you put a label on someone, all of a sudden that's all they know. Right. You know, someone's racist. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what their argument is, but that he's racist because they said so. And and so that's a that's a huge one. Another big Mm -hmm. one to mention here is the bulverism fallacy. This is we spend several days talking about this because this is really dangerous. Bulverism fallacy is named after a fallacy coined by C.S. Lewis, as a matter of fact. And he was talking about the advent of Marxism and how Marxism breaks all of society down into various classes and then tries to explain er er all of our behavior based on those 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 classes. So a, bulver, a bulverism fallacy is basically saying a person only believes what they do because of their group identity. Hmm. Um, so, Mark, you, you only believe what you do because you're a man, you right. know, or, <laughs> or you only vote for, for, for Trump or, or whoever because you're a Republican. Or, and so we use it with political classes a lot. Or you mm-hmm. can't talk about so-and-so issue because you're you're a, you're a white male or something mm-hmm. and, and we use that all the time and that's so dangerous because what you're doing is you're basically getting rid of all reason mm-hmm. and and saying that all that matters is group identity mm-hmm. and and so this is where the term group identity politics really really mm-hmm. comes from politicians do this all the time you know well you mm-hmm. can't talk about that because you're this or you only believe that because you're this and it's, it's all stereotyping it's mm-hmm. yeah it's all stereotyping and and it does away with all reason altogether mm-hmm. um that one's really dangerous Appeals to emotion, where you put uh, feelings over facts. There's a bunch of those. Appeal to fear, appeal to pity. Um, uh, red herrings, uh, so you have the straw man fallacy, where you misre- misrepresent someone's argument. Um, let's see, a couple Simplify. Others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the false bifurcation, where it's just all or nothing categories, black or white. Another big one when it comes to fallacies of presumption uh, is the Pomo relativism fallacy. So we talk about this a lot, the belief that all truth is relative. Um, and it's all just a matter of personal opinion, personal taste, subjectivity. That one's really dangerous because if you believe that, then anything goes mm-hmm. really, and and what's might, what's right becomes uh, who has the most might, mm-hmm. right? Who has the biggest stick can just enforce whatever they want because there's no real truth. Anymore. And they're treating right. that as an absolute truth, exactly. By making that it's, yeah, self defeating. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there is no absolute truth. Is an absolute right, truth statement. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's tons more. I, I guess I should also add uh, the last group of fallacies that I, I kind of made up. I made a separate family is civil fallacies because oftentimes in our culture we find people just don't even care if something's illogical. Mm-hmm. I know that's becoming uh, – now yeah. that we live in this culture that values experience over reason, yep. 
they will yep. believe two completely contrary things and they don't it's have any fine. problem with it. Yep. I know. It's 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 and it's infuriating. Yeah. yeah. And so once the students learn logic and they start pointing out these fallacies, mm-hmm. they quickly realize that you know, I'm watching the news and no one cares about logic. There no one's reasoning properly. Mm-hmm. And and it can also it can be somewhat disillusioning. Yeah. And 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 so I created this this group of fallacies called civil fallacies. So these are fallacies I mean that's not technically they're not technically fallacies, but when someone is behaving in a way where they've done away with all, all logic and reasoning. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk anymore. So what will they do? They'll talk over you. Mm-hmm. What will they do? They'll shut down, walk away. What will they do? They'll start cursing. That's mm-hmm. the potty mouth fallacy, mm-hmm. I call it. <laughs> uh, or, or, or the trolling fallacy, where instead of actually engaging in a person's argument, you're just trying to get a rise out of them mm-hmm. to make them look bad. Mm. You know, And so people nowadays, because we're so far removed from, from reasoning and truth and valuing it, people just give right into just acting like jerks mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and thinking that's okay because mm-hmm. so-and-so, you know, I don't agree with them, yeah. you know, or whatever. I can talk over you. I can call you names. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the toxicity in our culture today is, is a result of, of, yeah. of this. So yeah. we're losing our civility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's because mm-hmm. we've lost our, our value for truth and our ability to mm-hmm. think clearly and, mm-hmm. and, and value that. Wow. So well said. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this too. You know, you're, you're teaching logic here in middle school. I mean, how do you get eighth graders excited? I mean, they're just in that yeah. period now where they're really okay. They, they've, they've been able to want to establish independence and they're now starting to make their own arguments. I mean, my lower school kid is, is doing that right now with yeah. me. But I mean, how do you get them really excited about this subject? That's a great question. And I, I love the question because I love the answer. And the answer is you don't have to. As long, whenever, as soon as you start teaching them fallacies, they immediately light up because they know exactly what you're talking about. And they see them all the time. You just put a name on it, and it's almost like they need to be put in a cage stage because <laughs> it's been revealed that they have the superpower. They can identify bad thinking, stinking thinking. We call it fallacies <laughs> in everyday life, all the time, dinner table, friends throughout school, different conversations. Our parents always love it when the yep, kids start exactly. having their logic class. And so I have to send parents <laughs> turn it on their parents. <laughs> yes, I have to send parents a, a rational self defense guide <laughs> and say, okay, there's one fallacy you, you, you need to be aware of, and that's special pleading. And when the scriptures say you need to honor your father and mother, and they say, no, I don't, because because you're being irrational. Scriptures don't say that. That's that's special pleading. It you is know? a black and white issue in regards to needing to honor them. Yes, right. exactly. That's a command. Yes. Yeah, they have authority to command you. They don't have to give you any reasons whatsoever. That's right. So yeah, so they they love logic and they just they thrive and a lot of them say it's their favorite class because they it just it really is a, a tool that they they have now. They can use the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. and it's just so 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 valuable and important mm. in, in in every subject. It translates to every every subject yeah so. we are quickly running out of time yeah, here Brent. we had yes. so much that we wanted to talk with you about we're gonna have to really limit us i think we've got time for maybe one more question for you and maybe you could talk to us um a little bit about why debate then at liberty is so important yeah so one of the things that we try to do at liberty is really integrate our logic and rhetoric uh, um, uh curriculum so that Logic, we're learning how to recognize and analyze another person's argument. And then rhetoric, we're trying to do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's nice because we take logic first. So you, you can recognize the argument in someone else's uh, or, or the argument in someone else's point 
analyze it so that eventually you would learn how to make your own arguments that are rational Mm -hmm. and clear. And when it comes to debate, what we're trying to do is just make sure we're actually addressing the other person's argument. We're breaking down their argument, faithfully reproducing it faithfully and saying, look, I see what you're saying. Are you saying this? Yes. Okay. Well, I disagree with this premise, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can be very specific. Yeah. And it's helpful to move forward from that. And I just Mm -hmm. have to add, too, it really develops listening skills for Mm. the student, because Mm -hmm. in the context of debate and argument, a lot of times we just want to say what we want to say because Mm -hmm. we want to get it out there to win the argument as opposed to really engaging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost not even listening to the other person because you're too busy thinking what you're going to say next. Yes. And in a true debate, you have to listen. You're right. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 And uh, as I tell the students, when it comes to logic, there, there is there is no enemies, there are no friends. There mm-hmm. are only teachers. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And uh, I guess we could end there. Yes, well, we could go on and on. And yes. we thank you, Brent Fisher, for joining thank us you, here at, again. And I think we're going to have to have you back again yeah. to talk about more with respect to this topic of logic. It's very important in our culture, and it is lacking today. So I thank you, Mark, for, um, join, again, for not only joining us, but helping put together the show. Yep, and we thank our listeners as well. And we hope you join us again next week at AM 1280, The Patriot, 6 p.m., Education Nation. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.